Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. Final hour of the week. How about that? Man, oh man. Rabo and Co. ESPN 680, 1057. Go local for the rest of the day here. Bobby V at noon. You get roundtable 3 o'clock. They'll have the mixtape for you at 530. Of course, it is going to be Fast Break Friday on the V Show as well. Tons of good stuff coming up for you ahead of the two basketball games tomorrow but we wanted to do some horse racing so we're going to bring in a new friend of the show his name is matthew DeSantis. you can find him at failed to menace on twitter uh he is part of the horse racing twitter glitterati matthew how are you man <laughs> i'm doing well lou thank you so much for having me i'm thrilled to be talking about some horse racing that we have this weekend up in new york yeah how about that i am uh, a big fan of all things uh i love aqueduct in the winter i'm a I don't know if other people have these things in sport, Matthew, and maybe you have them, where something quirky about a place or whatever, you just smile when you see it. Whenever they put the tarp down on the turf course at Aqueduct, I smile. I don't know why. It gives me great joy. It's just one of those things. It's almost like, you know, it's a new year, a new chance to, you know, get the ROI a little better on the horse racing side. I love it. No, Aqueduct in the winter, it's interesting. You know, I think people sometimes will just play it in the fall and the spring. But in the winter, we've actually seen a a pretty high rate. uh, During the winter meet, we've had 12.5% of uh, winners at 10 to 1 or higher. So we've had a lot of long shots coming through. So it's a great track to bet over the winter for those trying to find value, uh, as opposed to maybe some other tracks where there have been a little bit more chalky results. There you go. Well, Matthew DeSantis, again, at Failed to Menace. You can find all of Naira's stuff at the Naira on Twitter as well. Let's start on the Derby side of things. You pointed out uh, on your Twitter feed, uh, obviously, that Brad Cox is going to keep uh, the most recent winner uh, of, a, uh, of a Derby prep up there uh, in New York. Look, Matthew, I mean, the, the numbers are the numbers for the, the New York path to the Derby. Fusaichi Pegasus is now standing tall about a quarter century ago as the last <laughs> wood horse to really stand out in a Kentucky Derby. But, of course, you know, you do get, um, drum roll, please, out of the Cox Barn. And, and you brought this up on Twitter. Look, because of the point system, trainers like a Brad Cox, they have to have horses in lots of different places, right? Their best chance to have multiple entrants in the gate at the Kentucky Derby is to hit the different routes to the Derby, the wood obviously being one of them. Outside of, you know, you know I'll include drumroll, please. Who is the best three-year-old right now on the guy's side that we're going to see possibly in the gate for the Kentucky Derby? Well, I, I think the, you know, the top three-year-old 
uh, you know, if you're just talking nationwide, and certainly I think you have to look at fierceness uh, for Todd Fletcher, sure. who's going to be running down in Florida. Uh, but obviously, like you said, up here in New York, I think from role police is probably the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, the Remsen that we ran up here a yep. couple months ago, uh, that's a race that had two really nice horses, Sierra Leone and Dornick. Uh, finishing first and second. Uh, Sierra Leone for Chad Brown has already gone down in his training in Florida. Dornick has not returned to the work tab. So it's possible that Dornick might uh, stay off. up here in New York for trainer Danny Gargan. Uh, and so that would obviously be a big uh, feather in a cap for some nice racing up here in New York. But I, I think, you know, obviously drum roll please for Brad Cox, a very impressive horse, one who I think has the ability to continue to grow up here and be kind of last year's version of Hit Show, where, where if you remember, Hit Show was the kind of New York Brad Cox horse. I actually ended up running, I took a really solid fifth place in the Kentucky Derby. It's interesting, too. I think the, you know, despite the wood and some of the other New York preps maybe not being great for the Kentucky Derby, we have seen horses like Early Voting yep. and Mo Donegal yep. come out of this New York circuit and have success in the Triple Crown. Yeah, and I think you're right about that. And that's why I think eventually, you know, a horse coming out of that path is going to win the Kentucky Derby, right? He just, you, there's too, yeah. been too many examples. And early voting, I think, is actually a really good example. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, obviously these trainers have so many different horses, you know, going back to your point that you were making. I mean, Cox has so many horses at the fairgrounds in Oakland right. Park that people have to understand there are different ownership groups for all these horses, and every owner wants to get a Kentucky Derby horse. And so what the trainer has to do is try to divide up his horses in the most efficient way to make sure they're getting and accumulating points. That's why you see Todd Pletcher with a horse like Fierceness going to be running an Holy Bull, yeah. but his other horse locked is probably going to go up to Tampa Bay and run in the Sam F. Davis sure. uh, to separate his two entries. And he's probably going to have another horse running in the Louisiana Derby, kind of like he did with Kings Barnes last year. So these trainers have to learn how to space out their horses if they want to try to maximize the number of derby horses they're able to get for their owners. Matthew DeSantis is with us. He's from Naira. He's at, uh, excuse me, at Failed the Menace on Twitter if you want to go find him there. Uh, you know, the, the Withers, we'll get into the Gotham eventually up there uh, in New York as well, ahead of the wood. Um, where, where do I want to go with this with you? Uh, you know, just the, the general move of some of those horses to Florida, like a Sierra Leone leaving the New York circuit, for example. Mm-hmm. Chad Brown, in recent years, frankly, you mentioned early voting, has kept a lot of what I think are very high-level three-year-olds in New York. What do you think the impetus is there? Is it Does he have another horse that he's planning uh, on the New York stretch here, so Sierra Leone is, is one that can move south, or what, what do you think is happening there? I, I think it's just Sierra Leone showed so much promise and so much ability that I think he wants to really kind of put him in a maybe deeper waters in Florida a little bit uh, and get him working down there. I mean, this is a horse that has a huge turn of foot and could and the other part that i'll just mention is one of the issues that you do have at aqueduct is over the winter and you know this following the track it's a very forward favoring track it's a very speed favoring track and a horse like sierra leone is probably going to be running against the track every single time out at aqueduct whereas down south he might not be running against them uh so I, i think it also opens the door though when you see a horse like sierra leone exit it opens the door for a more local horse, like a horse like El Grande O mm. for Linda Rice, who just finished second in the Jerome. That's a horse that's going to accumulate a lot of Kentucky Derby points because Linda's going to keep that horse on the Derby trail up here in New York. And that's a horse with nice front-end speed, who I think is, you know, may not win one of these prep races, but it is going to consistently hit the board and accumulate 10 points, 20 points, 30 points here, there in the next race and could very well find themselves in the starting gate of the Kentucky Derby. 
Matthew DeSantis with us from Naira. You know, <laughs> horse racing keeps you on your toes. If I had come to you in 2010 and said, so here's the deal. Forget the Wood Memorial. What you really need to concentrate on is Turfway Park. In the next 15 years, they're going to have two derby winners and a second-place finisher. You never would have thought it, right? And so, I mean, it is a really remarkable thing that we, you know, it's one of the cool things, too, about the Derby Trail every year is trying to figure out which route was the best one to get to the Derby. Obviously, Florida, Santa Anita, those sorts of places, you know, you're going to have those great horses every single year. But, man, just so many variables uh, trying to figure this out. All right, well, let's get to the, uh, you know, the big race tomorrow for you all is is the boost. Sonda, and it is going to be the first 20-point Oaks prep of 2024. Five going to the gate here, and I think a very head-scratching four-to-five line on Shimmering Allure uh, for Kenny McPeak, Manny Franco, obviously. Brad Cox does have one in here, Jin Jin, the one. Um, I'm interested in the Kendrick Carmouche, Todd Pletcher-trained class act, the four here coming out of a maiden special win over this exact course at Aqueduct. Did you land anywhere in particular in this race, or what are you watching for at least tomorrow in the Busanda? Well, it's interesting. I, I I don't think Shimmering Allure is a four to five favorite. Uh, I think maybe five to two would be a, a more realistic right. line on that horse. Uh, but obviously, you know, ran very well last time out in the Demoiselle, finishing second to Life Talk, who of course finished fourth in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. So very classy horse for Todd Fletcher, who of course is making the move down south. Uh, but Shimmering Allure, I do think is the appropriate favorite because I just. Mm. I'm not overwhelmed by Jin Jin for Brad Cox. I usually like a lot of the horses coming out of his table, but this is one that I just, I'm just not sure this horse is quite good enough, although it's an easier landing spot. And interestingly enough, like you, I actually think Class Act, who is kind of the fourth choice actually in the race at six to one on the morning line. For Todd Pletcher, I think that horse can absolutely take a step forward. I love seeing horses that have done the distance, particularly when you're talking about a nine-furlong race. And this is a horse that has some versatility. Last time out, wired the field. But if you look too back, this is a horse that had some legitimate gate trouble, was almost 10 lengths back early, and made a huge charge late to almost run up to hit the board. So this is a horse that has the versatility of sitting off the pace or getting out in the front end. So uh, I always like that. And you figure a Todd Pletcher horse is going to take another step forward over a dry fast track yeah i was here for class x uh, maiden run there the the race that you mentioned and it was one of those uh, the mile and a 16th course at churchill if you're sitting in that that right near the the, the finish line essentially is right before that there's a little bit of a run up to the the 16th pole but man there were about six horses that absolutely bobbled in that race out of the yeah. 11 and he was certainly one of those so i think at one point i went back and watched that replay getting ahead or for her i should say ahead of uh, the race tomorrow um she was seven wide in the seven path <laughs> so to, yeah. to still finish yeah. fourth by three legs is pretty remarkable yeah i mean I, I think that was a huge effort and then to come back and just kind of easily win next time out i like the kendrick stays aboard Obviously, that's a jockey who anybody who follows Aqueduct over the winter knows that Kendrick is always a hot jockey. He's already off to a really good start in 2024, winning 33% of his bouts up here at Aqueduct. So uh, definitely a very capable barn and a very capable horse. who You're going to get a little bit of a price on. And again, when we're talking about a five-horse field, you might think, well, there's no opportunity for value. But I think the fact that you have Shimmering Allure and Jin Jin is going to allow a horse like Class Act even if that morning line drops a little bit from six to one, you could still get nine to two, four to one on on a horse that I think has some real upside. Oh, and I think, you know, an exact to play with class act as well could easily pay 10, 12 to one, that kind of number as well. Matthew DeSantis with us. Absolutely. He's from Naira. Uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, on the Horse Racing Happy Hour podcast that I host, we had, um, oh my gosh, we had Pat Cummings on uh, the other day, and he was talking about his biggest story 
for 2023 in horse racing. And we came to the same answer, which was the start of the and the approval of the money for Belmont Park to be renovated there mm-hmm. on Long Island. Um, what is what has sort of been the mood around racing on Long Island now that there is a secure sort of obvious path forward for for Belmont going forward? It's a lot of excitement. Uh, and people are really excited about what this is going to be in the next couple of years. We're thrilled, obviously, to have secured a really solid and exciting future for Belmont. And, you know, obviously there's going to be some, some tears shed when we finally exit Aqueduct, but yeah. Belmont is going to provide us the ability to have top-notch training facilities for all of our trainers, all of our horses, the addition of an all-weather track, in addition to a dirt and two turf surfaces, is going to allow us to continue to run bigger races with larger cards over the winter, uh, and it's going to allow us to obviously transition to running on an all-weather surface if we have to go off the turf. It's going to eliminate scratches or really dramatically reduce them. It's just going to increase the quality of racing in New York. It's going to increase the quality of racing for the betters as well. You're going to see larger fields. You're going to see more horses entered. It's really a win-win situation, not just for the horsemen, not just for the people in the game, but for the people playing the game as well. Uh, going forward, uh, next two years, obviously, they'll be running the Belmont because of that renovation at Saratoga at 10 furlongs. Uh, they're going to run the Preakness at Laurel for a couple of years. Uh, speaking of keeping you on your toes, uh, do you think they should have run the uh, the Belmont at Aqueduct for a couple of days, or do you like the move to Saratoga for a couple of years? I like the move to Saratoga. Okay. Uh, I think it's just logistically, it would have been really, really challenging from just a crowd standpoint yep. to have the Belmont at Aqueduct. Uh, and I think that at Saratoga, there are obviously challenges as well. You're going to have to shorten it up in both tracks uh, just so you're not starting on the turn. Uh, and so if that was going to happen no matter where you had it. And I think having it at a place like Saratoga is so historic. Uh, the wonderful race fans up in upstate New York are so excited about it. And it's just a real opportunity, I think, for the trainers to win a historic Belmont Stakes, or one under you know, the raising the roof at the spa, hopefully uh, come this June. Um, uh, speaking of the renovation at Belmont, uh, is it your um, assumption or hope or whatever that the Breeders' Cup will return to New York City? Absolutely. I think that's uh, 100% in the cards. That's the assumption that we are going to have a Breeders' Cup back here in New York potentially as soon as 2026. Uh, hmm. And I, I think it would be really exciting. Uh, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I've watched uh, the old replay of Tis Now wins it for America. But <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a thrilling, thrilling Breeders' Cup classic back in 2001. And, uh, you know, I think it would be just so exciting for us to be able to bring it back to New York. Obviously, listen, we love having it out. You know, it's great to watch it out on the West Coast. But I do think there's something special about bringing it back to the East Coast in New York uh, for potentially, like I said, 2026 or 2027. All right. Uh, we are also watching stakes at Tampa and obviously out at uh, Santa Anita this weekend. When you aren't watching Nairo, what is your favorite place to watch a race? <laughs> well, over the summer, it's a Cinnaboya Downs up in Canada. Yeah, I know that about uh, you. Yeah, you and I have that in common. I, I, yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that track. Um, over the winter, though, I you know I watch a lot of Turfway Park. Yeah, sure. Uh, love watching, you know, love those, that track and the big field. Uh, you can usually get some really big upsets. Luan Machado is uh, always a jockey you have <laughs> to keep your eye on. That's right. And then uh, Oakland Park is another track that I really pay a lot of attention to as well. Again, big field, opportunities for upset. It's a wonderful confluence of different re- 
regions coming together. You get horses coming up from Louisiana, yep. out from Kentucky, out from the Midwest, and Texas and Oklahoma. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, and obviously, you know, some great action, though, at, uh, at Tampa this weekend. Sappy Joseph has some really good horses in a few of those uh, Tampa Stakes races. And it's always fun to watch the Calbreds out in uh, Santa Anita. And I'll be excited to watch the Chosen Brawn. Uh, oh, this yeah. weekend out there. It's going to be a huge favorite, but I was a big fan of that horse. Yeah, one of the, the more fun stories uh, in horse racing the last couple of years, for sure, with Chosen Vron, the old cowbred, uh, running up against the big boys, winning the grade one uh, out there at Santa Anita. He, well, he's Matthew DeSantis at Failed to Menace on Twitter. You can find them at the Naira as well. Ahead of the Busanda tomorrow, it does start the late pick four uh, races six through nine out there as well as the second leg of the Grand Slam bet which I love. I love the Grand Slam bet. I'm, I'm a total sucker for it. Uh, Matthew, can you quickly describe the Grand Slam bet, and I'll let you get out of here. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a great bet. People uh, absolutely should uh, you know, take part in it, uh, and it's one of those uh, unique bets that uh, really is only offered here uh, at, uh, at Aqueduct and uh, at, at through Naira Bet, so you can always play it. So uh, glad to hear it. It's funny, you are the second person in the last week to tell me how much they like the Grand Slam. I love it. So it's it's great to to see. It's essentially a pick four. You have to just pick a horse in the first three races that hits the board, but you have to pick the winner in the fourth race. So that'll be races five through eight uh, tomorrow up at Aqueduct, including that Busanda in race six. So uh, maybe uh, that's a good chance because of the five-horse field to play some of those longer prices to try to hit the board and pick off some some value there as well. Matthew, we really appreciate it. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Luke. Take care. All right, buddy. There you go. Matthew DeSantis. All right. A little failed to menace on a Friday. How about that? <laughs> I really wish we could get more than five horses in these fields, but that's not Matthew's fault. <laughs> be fun. I just, man, I, there are a couple of horses this weekend shimmering, just that shimmering allure four to five. I don't know, man. Feels a little, feels a little strange. I don't know, Zachy C. I don't know what to tell you. One that listed stakes at Aqueduct and everybody's all excited. I don't know. I'm going to try to beat her uh, with uh, with Class Act, the four. I don't think we're getting any bit of six to one on that horse with Pletcher and Carmouche, but it is what it is. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. I will talk about that race. I've got a uh, pick three for Tampa tomorrow um, as well that I will give out, and then we will talk NFL the rest of the show. Um, I want to remind you, though, about those football games and my friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make those playoffs electrifying. New customers, you can get five, excuse me, new customers, bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. We've got those six games going on. You've got UofL hosting NC State. You've got UK down at Texas A&M. Tons of great, great options. Uh, for betting this weekend and everyone gets a no sweat same game parlay for every playoff game day download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use that code whbe new customers you can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sportsbook with that code whbe the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 18 plus physically present in kentucky bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance opt-in required one no sweat token issued per eligible day after opt-in no sweat bonus bet issued based on amount of losing qualifying bet eligibility max reward limits and deposit restrictions apply terms are at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on the other end a play at tampa bay and then we get into it nfl playoffs let's go we do it next here roboco espn 680 105.7 
Professional underground thunder pounds when I stop the ground. Like a million elephants, a silverback orangutan. You can't stop a train. Who wants up? Don't come unprepared. I'll be there, but when I leave there, better be a household name. Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain. So now we sitting in a drop top soaking wet. In a silk suit trying not to sweat. You are listening to Rubo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. So many songs about 1999. Keep it going. Is this a clean version? We're okay? All right. <laughs> oh, man. There's just so many songs about 1999. The year I graduated high school. How about that? Zach's like, oh, I was four when it was 1999. I was six, actually. <laughs> damn it. Just, just, just damn it. <laughs> Appreciate Matthew DeSantis jumping on the show in the last segment. If you ever miss part of the show, go back ESPNLouisville.com or on the app. Check out the podcast center. Got all of our shows uh, there. Just look for Rabo and Co. and uh, go ahead and listen there. A reminder, we will have all of those games this weekend. Louisville basketball, Texans, Browns, Bellarmine uh, playing at Central Arkansas on Saturday. Are they playing North, North? It's not North Alabama. Did we change the team? Okay. Um, and then Chiefs-Dolphins. All of that just tomorrow. On Sunday, Bills, Steelers, Louisville women's basketball uh, playing uh, Wake Forest at 1.30 uh, on 93.9. And then Cowboys-Packers. And then the evening game, of course, Lions losing to the Rams at 8 o'clock here on all stations. So check that out. If you're driving around, we will have all of the NFL for you. If you can't find it, just flip over. You'll be able to find it. All right. Well, let's get into uh, the last of the horse racing that I wanted to get into. Uh, today so we talked about the busanda yesterday look shimmering allure is going to be a favorite you got a brad cox horse in there the one Jin Jin, who's going to be a favorite this is race six tomorrow by the way uh over there at aqueduct i'm going to lean on class act though the four horse here and so um the the todd pletcher trained car kendrick carmouche ridden uh philly here i think that she's got the most upside in this field daughter of street sense I'm going to look for her at a price uh, to get us something uh, there in that five-horse field in the Busanda tomorrow at Aqueduct. So let's head down to Tampa Bay. Um, shout out if he's listening. I know he does from time to time. My guy Barry, who's been on the podcast many times, um, uh, is, a, is a big Tampa Bay guy. Uh, we'll get into the Gasparilla first. It is a uh, prep for the Sun Coast, which is a, a uh, points prep for the Kentucky Oaks. And then, of course, the Pasco Stakes is the seven furlong prep for the Sam F. Davis, which is a grade three and part of the um, texture. Oh, God, I thought Louis was a little older than me, but I graduated in 99 also. I just have the demeanor of an old man. It's okay. I'm just, I'm just a very, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, but I've got a pick three play that I really like uh, tomorrow. In the Starting with the Pasco Stakes, you can obviously stretch it out to make it more of a ticket than this if you are interested Excuse me, starting the Gasparilla, ending in the Pasco. So race seven tomorrow at Tampa Bay is a $125,000 stakes race called the Gasparilla. Do you enjoy Gasparilla? You're yawning, so no. Uh, seven furlongs on the dirt uh, for three-year-old fillies. Um, we're, Mystic Lake comes in here under Edgar Zayas for Safi Joseph Jr. And here is the interesting quandary, Zach, this time of year. Because of the nature of the trail to the Oaks and to the Derby, Horses that aren't usually dirt horses, they will try to find out if those horses can be dirt horses because what we talked about with Jay yesterday, the breeding side is so important and so money-making in horse racing that owners want their horses to win the biggest races, right? Obviously more than just the the, the purses and five million bucks, million and a half for the Oaks, whatever. But Mystic Lake comes in here only having run well on synthetic. Up at Woodbine, comes back down to Florida to run in this one under Edgar Zayas, who they're shipping in for this one from Gulfstream. <clears throat> Savvy Joseph Jr. in Florida is 
nearly unbeatable. He's won half his races so far, three times out of six at Tampa. His other three finishes are second place finishes. So if you wanted to use that horse and feel like that's your single in this race, I would understand it. And I would not judge it or question it at all. I'm going to try to beat that horse and just see if we can't get some value here. Hector Diaz Jr. is on Gervin's Princess, the five. Again, this is race seven tomorrow at Tampa. Um, for uh, trainer Kathleen O'Connell, who, by the way, has started this meet at Tampa Bay with 20 wins in 65 starts. My goodness, 31% in horse racing. That is an absolutely monster number. She's having a great start to the campaign down there. This horse broke its maiden in a maiden claimer, actually, at Gulfstream Park uh, over essentially dry go but good go and then comes back against winners after a little bit of a two-month layoff and wins at tampa over this course has been training at tampa etc etc interested to see if she can get her ready for this race i'm gonna lean on her the five the six is gorgeous girl this is more about a connections thing than anything else trader greg sacco and uh, sammy camacho sammy camacho uh, a couple years ago was on a horse uh, he rides for um, Victor Martinez, who owns horses. So Sammy is uh, is his rider in Florida. Sammy in town to ride this one is absolute royalty at uh, Tampa Bay. 136 starts already, 34 wins for a uh, 25% win percentage there. I'm going to lean on him as well. This horse came out against winners uh, in that in it last time out, ran third under Sammy Camacho after a very, very bad break. And so if the horse breaks any better than that, ran at six and a half furlongs here. We're only going seven. I think she's got a serious start. We'll start our pick three here in the Gasparilla with just the five and the six. We'll try to beat the one. If you're covering your butt, go ahead and include the one. But I don't think that's a good way to make money in horse racing. Go to race eight is an optional claimer. I'll go through this one very quickly. Use the two, three, and four. I think the two here is really interesting. Under Gallardo starts, has started off really well down in Tampa. 24% winning. Jose D'Angelo, the trainer here, started at 27% himself. I look actually for this horse, who ran 10 times last year, hit the board in four of them, including in some stakes races and some higher level allowance. We're dropping back down into optional claimer company here for him. Last time he did that, he uh, ran six and a half furlongs. We're going six here. He lost by half a length. Where was he at six furlongs? He was in the lead. He was winning the race. Horse is six to one on the line. I'm including. Also use the three nightcap, Sammy Camacho there, and the four flag woman, Edgar Zayas up there. So use two, three, and four tomorrow in race eight at Tampa Bay. Then we go to race nine. This is the Pasco. This is the prep for the, for the Sam F. Davis, which is the prep. For the Tampa Bay Derby. I get it. It's a bit of a stretch, but this is what we're doing. Uh, West Saratoga's in here. If you're a Churchill fan, you'll know that name because he won the Iroquois in September. He tried to go two turns in that Breeders' Fraternity at Keeneland. And I want to be really clear about something with this horse. He's got decent early speed, but he's a very good... He, I don't want to call him a plotter, but he's a bit of a plotter. And he's going to keep... He's going to maintain equal fractions throughout a race. So he can close in the sense that he's not going to be more tired or slow down toward the end of the race. His dad is Exaggerator. If people remember that horse from his 2016 three-year-old campaign, uh, that is a come-from-the-back uh, type of horse. And so I th- I expect him uh, to do the very same here. I think seven furlongs might be a little short for him. The 9-5 to five price is a little bit tough for him. But I'm going to try to beat him with the three. Book him Dano. This is a Marine and uh, Derek Ryan combination. Derek Ryan is a small-time trainer who's based usually in the middle uh, Atlantic states. So Monmouth in New Jersey, he runs in Laurel sometimes, uh, parks, that kind of thing. This horse ran in the Nashua, man, and enlisted stakes in November on Breeders' Cup weekend and finished second under Jose Ortiz. Before that, won the fraternity at Aqueduct, uh, which would have been a race 
at Belmont had it been run in its normal calendar time. Before that one is other two. So this horse is three for four lifetime. It does have a 90 speed figure in his past. He's been running in the 80s the last two times out. Most recently at Aqueduct. is going to try seven furlongs here, and I think it's actually the very perfect distance for this horse. So I'm going to single here. I'm going to use the three as my only horse in this race here. So we'll end the pick three with the three in uh, in the Pasco Stakes. Uh, I think I'm standing out a little bit there in race nine, but starting in race seven, we're going to try the five and six. Again, if you want to use the favorite, is the one in that race. I'll use the two, three, and four in race eight, and then in the Pasco, I'm just using the one, the three horse here. A dollar pick three there costs you six bucks. So you can scale it up, scale it down from there, whatever you want to do. I never tell much people how much they need to bet on horses. Um, and so wanted to give out at least a $6 bet there. But let's go ahead and turn our attention uh, to the NFL. But before we do that, Zach, do we have Papadia sound? How about that? Let's play some Papadia sound. Uh, one of the finest moments in the history of Western civilization here between one Nick Valvano and one Lachlan McLean. Oh, my God. There's a full one back there. Is this a barbecue chicken one? I think I saw a chicken. All right, bar bacon. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, the other one looks like a. No, this is pepperoni and sausage. God. Oh, I specifically said I didn't know they were. They were coming at eleven thirty. I didn't know that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you wait for the growl, and it's always better than you remember. <laughs> Do you have the other one still? Yeah. Of Nick just screaming. Because <laughs> that's new sound to me. I, I I feel like I'm up on a lot of the sound at this station. And the Papadia sound's an all-timer for sure. The grunt at the end is very worth it. That's fair. But, I mean, just Nick, like, <laughs> like GDing lock. It's just heavy stuff, man. <laughs> get up and try not to tear something and take 15 effing steps and go back there and get your own god <laughs> Papadia. How's that? <laughs> What a combo. Oh, man. Those two hung out on a solo show for like three years. Not Ow. that long. Maybe a year and a half. I mean, like, just, I, I don't know. Dude, that part, I... Nick with Locke is just the odd couple we didn't know we needed. Seriously. <laughs> oh, there's been a lot of weird versions of this show. All right, so NFL this weekend. Lots of fun games, obviously, uh, as we get into this weekend. Do you like this weekend or next weekend better, Zach? Divisional weekend has always been my favorite weekend. Okay, so next week. Yes. Okay. In general, yes. I know you're not mad about this weekend. No. <laughs> That's not what we're doing. No. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be on a couch for uh, two days for sure. Um, yeah, pretty much. Let's start with Saturday. Let's just go through the games one let's by one. It. I think that's totally worth it. 4.30 on Saturday is Browns-Texans. By the way, I love this for guys like us because noon, U of L. Two UK four thirty NFL. Let's go. Go straight it, into it. It's fantastic, yeah. and so it, it's just a. It sets up just beautifully for me to totally ignore my family tomorrow. All there right, so <laughs> trying to horse racing in between. Um, Browns Texans tomorrow. Uh, I've seen Cleveland favored by two here in Houston. What says Zach? I like the Browns as well in this game. I think the Browns' defense is maybe the best in football with Miles Garrett and especially that front seven. They've got an elite player at all three levels defensively. Mm. And then I think they're going to be able to run the ball against the Texans. Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper, they hooked up for 265 yards against them a couple weeks ago. I realize C.J. Stroud didn't play in that game, but it was 36-7. The Browns are comfortably in control throughout that game. The only thing that worries me about the Browns is they might be on their backup kicker 
going into that game, oh. so we don't know what kind of field goal range Riley Patterson's going to have. He's not known as a long-distance kicker, but I think the experience of Flacco, I think the, the, the defense travels. I think Cleveland goes down to Houston and beats the Texans. Are we forgetting how good of a season C.J. Stroud had? Are we I, doing that? I'm not. not. I'm not accusing you of that, but just generally speaking, are we forgetting that? As a football-observing you know, group, I, I, I wonder about that. By the way, the matchup predictor for this game, 50.5%. 49.5. Yeah. It's that close on the matchup predictor. Yep. So it's interesting that the road team would have be have the favoritism. I'll lean Browns as well. I think they're the more complete team like you mentioned. I think Stroud compared to Flacco, they're not even in the same galaxy right now. I think I think Stroud's that much better. What is the scenario where the Texans win? What happens? CJ Stroud goes off. Okay. I think that I think it's certainly possible. I think they've got to be able to run the ball, which they really haven't done all year, but I think there's a scenario where CJ and Nico Collins just go crazy. Better for the league. CJ Stroud wins this game. The Browns in general win this game. What would be better for the NFL? Yes. I think CJ winning this game would be better for the NFL. Star quarterbacks are better for the NFL than anything they else, are. right? And having the next guy immediately do it his first year. Yeah. I think it's better for the NFL as well. All right. First year starting quarterbacks tend not to do very well in the playoffs. Though. Boom. They're that's 21 a, and 38 against the number. Okay. That's better than I thought it was yeah. going to be, actually. Yeah, same. It's about 30%, 35%, yeah. something like that. Okay. Still not great. Yeah. It's not great, but it's better than I thought it was going to be. All right. Uh, evening game. They're making the Swifties by Peacock. Uh-huh. Uh, the Dolphins head to a frigid Kansas City. Now that I have seen the true weather report for this game, yeah. I'm leaning Chiefs pretty heavily. Yeah, I'm on the Chiefs pretty heavily. I think even if the weather was good, I'm still leaning Kansas City. Okay. The Dolphins, they're banged up, especially with Bradley Chubb. Just got hurt. He's out for the season. Defensively, they just, they're down to second and third string guys. That's usually not a winning recipe against Mahomes and Kelsey, even though they've both been a little bit down this year. I do worry about Kansas City's receivers. They can't catch in good weather, so they're probably not going to be able to catch the ball that well in bad weather. Mm. But I think that's a a recipe for Isaiah Pacheco to have a yep. big day running the football. The Dolphins, 1-6 against teams over 500 this year as well. And this being in Kansas City, Floridians don't like it when the weather gets <laughs> below 60 degrees. It's going to be a negative 30 wind chill. Give me the Chiefs. You really think they're gonna, the defending champs are going to go out like that in one game in, their, in the wild card? I don't see it. The interesting thing about Kansas City as a football market is essentially every upper deck ticket at, for this game is like 55 bucks. Yeah. And and I'm not calling Chiefs fans. Oh, there's a $38 ticket on here. What's your level of sports fandom? Would you be willing to sit out in that weather for a playoff game? For a Lions playoff game? Yeah, if the Lions are playing in an outdoor stadium. Me? Yes. I, I would. Go I don't to, think your family would do that. No. Well, I don't. <laughs> I, okay, so this is something. I was talking about this actually with Mark Ennis. I invited Mark out to go out with us one night. And he goes, and I showed him the place we were going. I... I Zach, I have I have life advice for you, my friend. So right now you are in a very different space than I am, of course. Mm-hmm. And you're on the prowl. That's right. And I appreciate you being on the prowl. I'm not mad about that. No. So right now you are frequenting places with women of a certain age, of a certain disposition, right? Eventually, my hope for you, if you want it, is that you won't have to go to those places and be on the prowl. That's fun to be on the prowl. I get it. Eventually, do you want to not be on the prowl? Yeah. Okay, there you go. That day, perhaps that will come for you. Maybe not. Perhaps. Knows, right? But if it does. Kids are out of the question, but... You don't want to have kids? No. Really? Not really. Can you tell me why? Eh, just a lot of... The job that I'm in, that takes a lot of time. Okay. And I want to be able to put a ton of my 
efforts into my career. Got it. Okay. So, all right, fair enough. But let's say you find a lady. You're yeah. happy with your lady. I'll, I'll be open to it. But you still want to go out. Sure. Because you need to get out of your house. You need to unwind, oh, yeah. whatever, blow off some steam. Well, I watch the, football with the people. Yeah, I have the perfect. Jo- I have the perfect job to have an excuse. Like, honey, I need I to go, go to the watch bar. This game. Yeah. yeah, I gotta go to the bar with these the, guys. I gotta get the temperature of the fans. Oh yeah, I go to a bar where you measure. You know, like oh, she's a seven. You know, like, oh, she's an eight. You know that kind of thing. Of course, that scale where I go is based on the number of teeth women have. <laughs> because then I can go there. Have fun with my friends and never fall in love. Yeah, that's I'm a, never going to fall in love. Smart move. And it's like, ooh, an eight. Ooh. He's got eight teeth. Eight okay. teeth. Ooh, eight. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Plus, I go places where you can smoke inside. Yeah. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.